Let's do it. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. He's just published or finished a book. The title of the book is Pedalgate Primer, The Politics of Pedophilia. His name is Philip Fairbanks. He's from, he's living in the Philippines right now, so we have a bit of a delay. We're going to see how this works out. Hopefully, he'll just do most of the talking, but we have a bit of a delay. Okay, but uh, Yeah, I mean, it seems to like come and go, but anyway... Um, some of the topics that he covers are topics that I've had guests on my show before in the past, such as the finders. Um, but there's definitely some interesting uh, things he covers in his book. Some of the the, the chapter headings are uh, contain a lot of interesting information. One is Barry Carroll Heisman's pedophilia hiding in plain view in the Victorian area era. Another is mm-hmm. the seventh floor group cover up. Harry Hay in the right. safe schools. I know about Harry Hay. I wrote about Harry Hay in Children of the Beast. But this was some additional information I was fascinated Actually, to learn about. I learned from you that Harry Hay had a Crowley connection. I didn't know that um, before uh, before having uh, ha- having been introduced. Right. Well, I didn't either. So yeah, so, yeah. Not surprising, but yeah. Right. So um, let's see. So just to do another, you were influenced by this book by Dave McGowan. So that was uh, I can see the kind of similar kind of uh, leaning on that. So. For people who don't know your name, mm-hmm. uh, talk a little bit about yourself, Phil, and how you came to start writing this book. Right. Well, I've been a semi-professional to professional writer for the past 20 years. Uh, I've been in print, uh, let's see, in uh, in the UK, in Australia, uh, in several online venues. Paranoia Magazine and New Dawn Magazine as far as more conspiracy-flavored kind of stuff. Uh, And uh, for the past three years, I've been uh, working in the Philippines in Manila with uh, with the Goldwater. Uh, And uh, the last couple of years, we haven't been doing a lot of articles. We've been uh, working on some other things. We started using uh, doing more videos on Torah3.com. And uh, which is, you know, which is basically started as a, you know, with with YouTube and Twitter and all the social media uh, uh, trying to be censor- uh, uh, the social media censorship. We wanted to create like a free speech platform. So that's what Torah 3 is for videos. It allows streaming and uh, 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 and video archival. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was probably I was about 17. So about 21 years ago, when I first learned about MK Ultra, and that's what sparked everything. Uh, now, when I was a kid, of course, you know, uh, around 93, everybody got JFK fever. You remember JFK fever on the 30th anniversary of the assassination? You had the Oliver Stone uh, movie come out. And so in between, like, the JFK fever and then starting to listen to stuff like uh, the Art Bell Show and, you know, uh, listening to Art Bell late at night, and then around 17, though, that was when it really hit. That's when I discovered CIA's MK Ultra. I became just, just obsessed with this, like uh, the excesses of the security state, I guess you could say. And uh, here's another uh, another uh, area that we definitely kind of overlap interest: the uh, the connection between the security state and the occult. Because if you, you know, if you look really close, it's probably not a coincidence that the people that uh, that found all these organizations that are running 
doing things behind the scenes, the people in charge of, uh, you know, who gets famous in literature and art. Uh, you know, the CIA is, is, you know, propping up modern art. And these are guys that are connected to the Skull and Bones and mm-hmm. other, you know, uh, occult and secret societies. So that's pretty much what, uh, uh, what first got my interest. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I definitely want to shout out, uh, um, David Livingstone and, uh, Ed Opperman, uh, Dave McGowan. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a handful of folks, you know, uh, Jay Dyer is another one that's pretty good. Uh, uh, it, I, like you, I prefer the term parapolitics rather than conspiracy, uh, theory. Because, you know, people are allergic. A lot of people are allergic to the term conspiracy theory. So if you call yourself a conspiracy theorist, people instantly think you're a nut. No matter no matter how many FOIA documents you show them, no matter how many, you know, well, it, it says here on, uh, you know, in the government's own records and in these papers of record, if if they think it's a conspiracy theory, they're not going to listen. You know, it's it's not a conspiracy theory that, for instance, since, uh, you know, uh, the finders uh, were uh, let off uh, completely uh, when the CIA made it an internal investigation. Despite all this evidence of child trafficking and pornography and animal sacrifice, it's, it's, it's creepy stuff. So, yeah, um, you know, over the past 20 years, though, I've been, uh, uh, you know, covering a lot of these topics like uh and, and I think they all sort of tie together somewhat, uh, whether it's, um, you know, you mentioned the Victorian chapter, the Cleveland Street scandal, uh, the story of the Cleveland Street scandal and Oscar Wilde. A lot of people aren't familiar with that. Uh, you know, Oscar Wilde's um, sodomy trial. Uh, there's quite a possibility, I believe, that part of the reason why he got the, the, uh, the maximum penalty anyone ever received for sodomy in the UK is because he had dirt. He had dirt on people who were involved in the Cleveland Street scandal, which so was basically the Franklin cover-up uh, of tell, the UK. Tell people what the, the street scandal is. Tell people, that, what, tell people what that scandal was. Yeah, Cleveland Street scandal. Yeah, so we've got these we've got these courier boys, right? They're they're telegraph messenger boys. Uh, many of them very very young. Uh, we're talking about, you know, barely pubescent and prepubescent boys who are going around and delivering messages. They're, they're, they're just telegram messengers. That's all it is. No, in fact, these couriers were uh, being used as sex slaves. And what's really shocking is who the clientele were, because it's, it's the same kind of thing you see with Epstein. It's the same old story over and over and over again. It's the most rich and powerful people. It's literal royalty and all these people are you know uh, uh covering up uh, covering for each other and uh you know i believe that oscar wilde had perhaps some dirt you know the last his last three works seem to sort of allude to the jack the ripper uh, tr- uh case and the cleveland street scandal and uh i think uh, you know there was supposedly a theft and i think that possibly he had like uh, sort of like, I, sort of like Assange's Dead Man Swift kind of thing. He had some, he had some blackmail on some important people. It was stolen from him, and at that point, they're like, okay, now that he's out of the way, let's, uh, you know, charge him with sodomy, get him out of the country, 
ruin his name. So, you know, no matter what he says, nobody will uh, listen to him. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the Cleveland Street scandal uh, possibly embroiled uh, Prince Albert, among others. Nearly every person who was in, involved in the court trial uh, had something to do with the Cleveland Street scandal as well. When, when you know, uh, so, so just that alone uh, is, is kind of suspicious. It's a yeah, little, never little more than suspicious, I'd say. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the same motif. Yeah, it's the same motif you see in the Franklin cover-up. It's the same motif you see in the Epstein scandal, where you've got these really powerful people. And often, I do believe that in all these cases, that the kids were probably also used as drug mules and uh, to deliver secret messages and, and this and this sort of thing. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, can and, you also, you know, you... The, the fact that... So, when you're done with that, can oh, you sorry, also do the intro or the importance of Barry, Peter Pan, and themes of Alice in Wonder once you're done with uh, Oscar Wilde, please? Uh, yes. Yes. Right, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we were talking about uh, in, in one of the very first chapters, the Victorian era. And for most people, the image of the Victorian era, you think, oh, oh the Victorian era, that's uh, to everyone's sexually repressed and you know, they would they would cover the uh, the legs of chairs because it might make you think of a lady's leg or something like that. But at the same time, you had, had this weird kind of uh, open pedophilia going on. Uh, it was very common uh, to have, you know, uh, nude photography of children. And, you know, it it strikes me also as a little bit odd. Uh, you know, I was a huge Alice in Wonderland fan as a kid and even as an adult. So it, you know, it kind of hurts me to think of the fact that it's very likely that Charles Lutwidge Dodgson, better known as Lewis Carroll, was a repressed pedophile. Uh, that's what, you know, uh, the, you know, this isn't, this isn't me saying it. Like if you, if you look at the scholarly journals and most of his biographers, they all agree. Uh, and, a bit of evidence about that, for instance, around the time that he broke with the Liddell family, because Alice of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland is Alice Liddell. Around the time that he broke the, with that family, when they were like, no, you don't hang out here anymore, uh, he kept copious diaries. And, and for some reason, the pages from the period where he was kicked out of the Liddell family for good are mysteriously missing. Nobody knows what happened to it. The uh, prevailing theory is that it was a member of Dodgson slash Carroll's family uh, that perhaps to uh, you know keep keep him from being embarrassed uh, by uh, you know what was in those missing pages. Uh, but yeah, you know that so two of the most uh, enduring and beloved children's stories of all time. You, you got Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, and you've also got. You know, uh, Jay and Barry's Peter Pan. Uh, Jay and Barry's story, that's another weird one. You know, um, for folks who aren't familiar with the term Svengali, uh, you know, a Svengali figure is somebody who kind of comes in and mesmerizes a person, gets them under their spell. Um, you know, the author of uh, Trilby is uh, uh, George du Maurier, and that's where we get the term Svengali. 
And it's ironic because, uh, you know, the, the author Piers Dudgeon uh, wrote a somewhat controversial book. Uh, he pretty much believes that J.M. Barry was somewhat of a Svengali himself. Uh, and that, you know, he kind of had uh, a, a mesmeric control over certain families. And it, we definitely know that apparently after, um, you know, the, the, the Lost Boys in Peter Pan are based on boys that Jay and Barry raised. They were not his children, however. Um, you know, uh, the, the, these boys were orphaned. And this is another really weird thing. Apparently, there was a mis, it, it was mistranscribed uh, be, because the kids were supposed to be raised by uh, Jenny, I think it was, who was like a, a maid, of, uh, a trusted maid or a trusted, uh, somebody that the family trusted. Uh, Jay and Barry is the one who, who transcribes this letter from the mother before she dies. And he just happens to put his own name there. No, 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 it's, it's not Jenny, it's James, James Barry. I'm the one who's supposed to raise the kids. Now, the kids themselves, the young boys themselves, despite the fact that uh, one, maybe two of them ended up committing suicide, which is really, you know, tragic, um, you know, uh, they pretty much said, uh, you know, a, a, fr a friend of uh, uh, Nico, Nicholas, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the lost boys that was raised by Barry, uh, believes that uh, believes that Barry was like Carol, a very repressed pedophile. But it, you know, once again, most people uh, don't think that either of them acted on the, these urges. However, there were you know there was nude photography uh, in both cases. Uh, both of these authors uh, took you know some seamy photographs by by modern day standards. You know, maybe maybe not as bad as as some of the stuff you'd see in, in the Netflix movie Cuties, but uh, right, but well, we still should, by we modern should, standards, we should you know, finish up with Cuties. Definitely yeah. wouldn't fly. Right, we should finish up with Cuties. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, oh, you mean you, like you, right now? Uh, no, uh, no, no. We'll finish the whole thing interview up with Cuties. But do you? Isn't all the symbolism and the characters of for sure, Peter Pan, um, but also Alice in Wonderland. But Peter Pan particularly has all kinds of symbols in the relationships. Oh, they're absolutely. Peter Pan right now. Please continue. Yeah, yeah. Pedophiles have been used. Pedophiles, uh, including Nambla, and then there was the, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Wonderland was this large uh, underground internet uh, pedophile ring. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, whether or not Jay and Barry and Lewis Carroll acted on their urges, uh, they've become sort of like, uh, you know, definitely, definitely symbolic, like the characters they created and everything uh, became, kind of, you know, Neverland Ranch. Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch is a good example. Uh, right. The Wonderland uh, pedophile ring is another good example. There was um, a guy who was a member of Nambla, who wrote a book from prison. Uh, I, you know, uh, I, I'm blanking on the title. It's something about the Lost Boys or uh, something, something Peter Pan. But yeah, absolutely. Um, whether or not Barry and Carol acted on their urges, it's very obvious that pedophiles picked up on that subtext that, right. uh, you know, right. 
you know, they, they like to call themselves now, of course, child lovers and minor attracted persons. I don't even like the term pedophile because it's Greek for child lover. And if you love children, you're not going to abuse them sexually. So, you know, whatever term you want to use, though, that community, uh, child molesters and would-be child molesters, seem to be really attracted to these themes and ideas and characters. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they kind of latched on to them for sure. Right. Yeah. Philip, but it's also permeated our culture, right? So Peter Pan has gone through so many different yeah. iterations. Hook and Goonies was kind of Peter Pan-ish, wasn't it? And so, some of these other, uh, so many stories are based upon right. those. Yeah. Anyway, I just turned yeah, my video and, off. Uh, you know, another thing that I mentioned in the book is, it- Oh yeah, yeah. To uh, say bandwidth, Maybe, that's cool. Yeah, why don't, uh, I'm going to stop. Know, you. Another example I'm gonna, there. Um, I'm going to stop your video. Can you turn off oh, your video? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Audio. yeah. You turn off the video. Great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now there we go. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, Parfrey, uh, Adam Parfrey, who is considered, uh, you know, uh, the most dangerous publisher in America was uh, uh, was one of his monikers. Adam Parfrey, of course, wrote, um, you know, I mentioned this in in, in the book, uh, Pederastic Park, which goes into uh, Steven Spielberg, and it talks about Hook. Uh, it also talks about some of his other works, which seems to have some, you know, it's, it's stuff that I did not see until I read this, uh, but it's it's one of those things where, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But yeah, after looking into it, it's like, you know, uh, the story, uh, you know, uh, Hook with Robin Williams, it is kind of, you know, uh, you can you can sort of see where it might be popular with Nambla set. Uh, you know, right. The story of this grown up Peter Pan uh, having paint rubbed all over his body. And, you know, it's just uh, it's 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 kind of creepy. Uh, yeah, I, but yeah, yeah you know, in, uh, Adam Parfrey, by the way, yeah. also. No, go ahead. Oh continue. yeah, yeah. You know, he never he never went into great detail about this. But at one point, I remember him saying in uh, uh, in a conversation we had uh, through DM. I only got a chance to meet him once in person, but you know, we uh, corresponded for a few years. But I remember him saying, uh, you know, kind of alluding to Tom Hanks. And how, you know, Tom Hanks is this spiffy character, uh, you know, super clean, nicest guy in Hollywood. And he kind of alluded to the fact that that was a very contrived character that he was playing in real life. Never, never went into great detail. And, you know, so uh, I'm not going to speculate on what he meant by that. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 it you know. It, I yeah, definitely Spielberg, do wonder uh, somewhat about Steven Spielberg and some of yeah, these guys. Spielberg yeah, is, Spielberg is pictured with Michael Jackson. He's friends with. I mean, Tom Hanks was in one of his movies. Goonies. There's all these connections with him, and all very suspicious yep. underage situations. There's even more rumors on yeah, Crazy yeah. Days and Nights about that guy. So there's tons of information. But interesting story about Parfrey. Oh yeah, they all Parfrey. hang out. It's definitely yeah, yeah, well, no, yeah. 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 But Parfrey himself, I have a picture of him in a processed church of the final judgment uh, satanic ritual or a cult oh, ritual. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was definitely a big fan of the processed church. 
No, it's well, the way that and I have has it, connections was, to Charles yeah, Manson yeah. and uh, Genesis the Origin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one other one other interesting story is if you ever watch the Clint Eastwood movie Josie Wales, and you see the sequence in that film where he spits on the snake oil salesman's white suit, that snake oil salesman is Adam Parfrey's dad. Oh, right. Really? Now, I yes. knew that his dad was in Hollywood. I knew, uh, I did not know he was in the outlaw Josie Wells. I'm going to have to rewatch that now, though. Uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I believe that's probably why Parfrey, um, you know, he's kind of a modern day. I considered him like uh, a modern day Kenneth Anger as far as the guardian of Hollywood gossip. But at the same time, like Kenneth Anger, he definitely seemed to dabble in some of the darker, uh, darker currents, uh, occultic currents. Um, to be fair, that's probably how he knew some of what he knew, you know? Right. So, right. Uh, but yeah. Um, so what do you, what other subject do you want to move on to? Can you talk a little bit about the false memory syndrome foundation and how that ties into? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, uh, you know, we mentioned MK ultra before, uh, I'm sure most people listening here are familiar with, um, you know, uh, MK Ultra and the CIA's mind control experiments. Uh, but, you know, in the 80s, of course, there was this explosion, this epidemic of child abuse. I don't think it was I don't think it was a growth in child abuse instances. I think it was just for the first time, it you know, it wasn't staying in the shadows. OK, and there was a big blowback blowback against that. And part of the blowback against that and part of uh, the reason why the so-called satanic panic is so discredited is due to the false memory syndrome foundation. And, you know, who are these guys? Well, it's a, a mixture of folks like uh, uh, Ralph Underwager, who uh, founded the group Vocal Victims of Child Abuse Laws, who tried to uh, change laws where where uh, people wouldn't have to report child abuse. Um, the same guy that uh, did an interview with Paedica, a Dutch pedophilia journal, saying that, you know, you can get closer to God by having sex with children. Sounds sounds like something straight out of Moses Berg and the, uh, the family slash children of God cult. Uh, but you got Ralph Underwager. Uh, you've got Morris West, Dr. Morris Jolly and West, a.k.a. Dr. Jolly, who is an MK Ultra scientist. Uh, there were some other, uh, let's see, Martin Orn was another MK Ultra scientist that we had uh, that's involved the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. Uh, and then there were people like uh, the, the Freights, um, uh, Pamela Freight, Dr. Pamela Freight was one of the uh, spokes, uh, was pretty much the spokesperson for the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. Um, and she also married her stepbrother and then was accused, uh, and then her husband was accused of incest. Now, why would somebody who married their stepbrother be, or stepsister be in, into incest is anyone's guess. But yeah, so you've got a mixture of uh, parents accused, uh, accused of abusing their children, MK Ultra scientists, um, vocal pedophile advocates, and all of these guys come together and form this group, the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. 
Now, the real irony here is, you know, they had a great power. They were a huge, dominating PR lobby, basically. And, uh, right. you know, the... Didn't they, didn't they crop up you've out got, you've of... Uh, that was that was one of the yeah 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 the, the McMartin uh, the McMartin preschool case that was one of their first big fights but you know they were involved in hundreds hundreds of cases of child abuse where they would get their I'm making air quotes here experts some of their experts are these literal pedophile advocates others are MK Ultra scientists and of course if you know anything about MK Ultra planting false memories and uh, uh, you know, erasing memories were some of the goals of some of these CIA scientists. So, I, you know, I find it all very peculiar and suspect for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the McMartin preschool uh, case is, uh, you know, the, the False Memory Syndrome Foundation, along with Colonel Michael Aquino, who was involved in another one of these, you know, preschool abuse cases, he was uh, Anton LaVey of the Church of Satan's, like, sidekick, and then he started the Temple of Set. And he was also, of course, uh, a member of Army PSYOPs. Uh, in fact, around the same time as he was in Army PSYOPs, uh, I believe uh, Blatty, the author of The Exorcist, uh, uh, was, was also working in, uh, uh, working in the Army. I'm... Uh, don't quote me on this. I'm not sure if he was in psyops or not, but uh, but I always wondered if there was, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, Blatty Blatty claims that there was a lot of weird stuff going on with the quote unquote Georgetown set, uh, a lot of whom are a mixture of intellectuals, uh, occult, uh, uh, occult and secret society members, and intelligence agents. And so, uh, yeah, I do wonder if you know, uh, Colonel Michael Aquino's, uh, influence, like, kind of weighed, uh, in on, uh, on, on Blatty's fears. But yeah, right. yeah, uh, absolutely. The False Memory Syndrome Foundation and Aquino, uh, they were, they were kind of rushed in on the scene whenever there was a, a, a case of ritual abuse, satanic ritual abuse, child abuse, incest, you know, yeah. Yeah, they would always crop up. And uh, what was it? what was they had like one uh, cult, uh, court expert I can't remember his name, but he would pop up in the weirdest cases. So it wasn't just Jolly and West; it was not Everly. Um, I can't remember it now. But uh, I mean, kind of moving on. Can you talk a little bit? Oh, about the your... Everlys, right, right, right. Yeah. The, 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 the... right. Um, can you talk a little bit about your? Research into Hollywood. Oh, sorry, go pop, ahead. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood pop culture and the culture of pedophiles. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, with the Me Too movement, like uh, obviously, really shook up Hollywood. You know, uh, but I find you know what what really disgusts me is it seems like people are more concerned about the millionaire adults who uh, were abused by these, you know, producer sickos like Harvey Weinstein. When, you know, the casting couch uh, scenario apparently applies to children, too. It's, you know, it's sick and sad and disgusting, and people don't want to think about it. But, um, you know, you got guys like Dan Schneider, 
uh, of Nickelodeon, um, who ran a, uh, uh, a comedy camp, uh, with Brian Peck, who is another guy who, you know, Brian Peck is fired from, uh, uh, fired from Nickelodeon for abusing a child. And then Disney's like, hey, uh, so maybe we should hire this convicted child molester to work on kids shows. It's absolutely insane to me. Um, uh, speaking of guys named Brian, hey, how about Brian Singer, Oscar winner, Brian Singer, uh, you know, child abuser and Oscar winner, Brian Singer. You know, in this post Me Too era, in this post Times Up era, you would think that there would be an emphasis on protecting children, not, not just adults. And hey, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't care about the men and women who, you know, uh, you know, whether it's Rose McGowan or Terry Crews or, you know, all these people who are abused by people like Weinstein and Spacey and whatnot. But the fact that, you know, kid, the kids are ignored, you know, uh, Victor Salva is still working. What a creep. Uh, Jeepers Creepers uh, franchise, you know, the third movie came out just a few years ago. Uh, he's had, you know, several movies, made millions of dollars, despite the fact that, you know, in, in his first feature film, Clown House, he took like an 11 or 12 year old boy and he kept him after, you know, after the show and he made his own little movies, you know, uh, so a child pornographer and child molester goes on to, you know, make all these movies and millions of dollars and is working for Disney. Like, you know, it was Caravan Pictures, I believe. Uh, but Caravan Pictures, like Touchstone and several others at the time, was owned by Disney. So, you know, it, it blows my mind. That, you know, we, we, we got to get rid of Roseanne because she did uh, a tasteless tweet while on Ambien. But, you know, um, Joel Iwataki is a child molester who's uh, worked on recent uh, uh, Disney films. Victor Salve is still uh, working. Brian Singer is winning freaking Oscars. It's absolutely insane to me that, like I said, in a post-Me Too era, for some reason, the kids are just ignored. Uh, you know, we're, uh, they're, they're absolutely just like letting it slide. Right, and um, what's your take? I mean, you have also another section about John Benet Ramsey. What's your take on the Ramsey case? Ah, uh, well, you know, um, as far as John Benet Ramsey, uh, uh, you know, I would recommend people read uh, Dave McGowan's "Program to Kill: Politics of Serial Murder," and he cites uh, uh, Stephen Singular's. Uh, oh crap! I'm not, uh, I, I can't recall the, na the name of the book on the off the top of my head. I've got a copy at home. It's a difficult read, both of them. Uh, but, but you know, I kind of disagree with Singular on some points. Singular, Stephen Singular, d doesn't think that the Ramses did it. Um, I think the Ramses were involved, but they weren't alone. Uh, and you know, speaking of the whole ritual element. You know, you had the guy, uh, uh, the the one guy who apparently was friends with a lot of little kids who died too young, and his wife, uh, after his daughter was kidnapped on December 25th, 
you know, just to, like right around the same time as Joan Benet Ramsey, but if, like a decade earlier or 15 years earlier, uh, uh, had had his daughter kidnapped, and uh, then uh, his daughter and her friend, uh, you know, his daughter had to witness her friend being raped, and uh, then after that, the guy's wife writes uh, Hey Rue, which is a play uh, based on the ritual killing of Sylvia Likens, which involves um, a little girl being, you know, assaulted and murdered, and then found in a basement. It's presumed guilty, yes, 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 and it's 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 a great book on the culture of uh, the underground culture of child pornography and the dark side of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I definitely recommend it, even though I disagree with um, the idea that the Ramses were innocent in all this. And you know, do I think that they killed Joan Benet? I don't know. Uh, I do believe that they were at least aware that she was being abused. She was being abused. She had been abused for a while. You know, uh, there's there's medical records that show, show she was sexually abused. It's yeah. Uh, it's it, it's 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 really uh, it's it's really hard to read. But yeah, uh, for anybody interested in the Joan Benet case, uh, McGowan's book and Singular's book, definitely check those out. Philip, can you also talk about the seventh floor group cover up and talk about that to the audience? Right, right, right. And here's another one of those things where it starts sounding like tinfoil hat territory. But, uh, you know, thanks to WikiLeaks and, uh, you know, some uh, unredacted documents, you know, this isn't made up stuff. They're, you know, the. Trump has popularized the term deep state, but that term's been around for a while, a lot longer than than Trump has been president. And uh, uh, the idea that there's this group of unelected bureaucrats, the shadow government, this this is an old, old idea. You know, JFK warned us of it. Um, uh, But yeah, the seventh floor group is supposedly, you know, uh, they, you know, State Department officials they would meet, they would decide, you know, what gets deleted from, uh, you know, what gets redacted uh, when, when, uh, when it comes time to release FOIA, uh, Freedom, of Inf- Freedom of Information Act. And um, apparently the seventh floor group is implicated. Uh, let's say Richard Higby is, uh, is the guy that, uh, uh, that I-, I believe was the whistleblower who leaked the transcript. To show that the seventh floor group absolutely 100% covered up, um, you know, ambassadors involved in pedophilia. Um, you know, the, there was another whistleblower who, uh, you know, she, uh, Fednizen, Aurelia Fednizen, you know, they had, uh, uh, like all the papers on her, you know, an office was broken into and all the papers on her are stolen. There's, Bear in mind, they're like silver bars and things of value. And all that stuff is left untouched, but they take the papers related to this whistleblower. So uh, that's the seventh floor group. They they, wield, they wielded an incredible amount of power. And this is uh, these are folks that are not elected uh, representatives. They're uh, bedbug bureaucrats, you know, 
the, the kind of folks, some of whom had been in uh, that position for decades. And, you know, people talk about, oh, the right wing, oh, the left wing. No, some of these guys, uh, some of these guys were absolutely, you know, involved uh, in, in, in both Republican and Democrat administrations. It doesn't, you know, like what, whoever you vote for, there are certain corrupt bedbug bureaucrats that are going to be, that are going to, you know, that are going to be in there and, you know, deciding what you see. And, uh, but yeah, so the, the seventh floor group, uh, chapter, I also mentioned Operation Flicker, which is another one of those stories that it blows my mind that this is not covered. The fact that, uh, the Department of Defense is like, Number uh, 300 out of the top 3,000 networks for sharing child porn. That's not good. Uh, equally scary, equally awful is the fact that like 80%, like they found out who it was that was uh, uh, buying child porn and trading child porn, sometimes from the Pentagon or military bases, some of these people have security clearance and and they're sitting at their desk in their government office trading child porn. And for some reason, the government said that 80% of those people, they just, they just didn't have the resources to go after them. Sorry, guys, we're going to have to let, we're going to have to let 80% of the pedophiles with security clearance in our government. No, this is, this is crazy, you know? So, yeah, um, the idea of, you know, you start saying deep state, dual state, shadow government, people think you're crazy. But no, I mean, like there are obviously these cover ups and conspiracies and there are powerful people. And a lot of them happen to, you know, I, I think the pedophilia thing, the reason why it's so prevalent is because it's so potent as a blackmail tool, you know, like a, a, for, whether it's a friend. Franklin scandal or Epstein, you know, blackmail and the occult side of things as well. I do believe that, you know, the, the, that interplay between the occult and the intelligence community has a lot to do with it too. Gotcha. And wasn't the seventh floor group just recently discovered under Trump that it had been there for a while? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was, I guess, Janu- I, I'm thinking January or February of 2017. Right. Um, uh, that was around the time, pretty, like, everybody got fired. Like, everybody on the seventh floor got fired. Like, uh, uh, well, okay, it depends on who you ask. Some say that they all quit willingly. And, you know, uh, I, I believe it was Rex Tillerson. Uh, uh, who said, no, no, they, they didn't quit. We fired them. So, yeah. Gotcha. And can you talk about a subject I'm interested in? The Harry Hay, who I covered, who played the organ at the Crowley Rituals with all these characters at the beginning of the Agape Lodge um, that included, uh, you know, all these, the rocket guy, I can't remember his name right now, but can you talk about Harry Hay and the safe schools? Jack Parsons. Parsons, thank you. Uh, right, right, right. Um, the, the Agape Lodge, the Agape Lodge of the Ordo Templi Orientis, that's uh, Jack Parsons. And like I said, and, uh, you were the one that uh, introduced me to the fact that Harry Hay was involved in that. Harry Hay was, uh, 
you know, one of the one of the original gay rights activists. Um, he was uh, a, an ardent communist, but he was also uh, the uh, founder of the Radical Fairies and one of the co-founders of NAMBLA, the National American Man Boy Love Association. And, uh, you know, a lot of groups, uh, a lot of gay rights groups would like to kind of erase him from their history because it's embarrassing. And, you know, uh, I, I would be the last person to say that there's a correlation between pedophilia and homosexuality. But of course, there's, you know, there are some people who are both. And Harry Haid was certainly one of those. Um, and, you know, it's really kind of scary, though, that Harry Hay had such an influence on some of the people who are in charge of keeping our schools safe. Uh, Kevin Jennings was the safe school czar under Obama. Uh, and, you know, uh, he was kind of a controversial figure for saying that he was a fan of Harry Hay. Uh, also, the fact that he told a 15-year-old kid who confided in him that he was having sex with an adult man, and he says, well, wear a condom. Now, it's, it's of my opinion that if a child is having sex with an adult and they go to the authorities, the adult should report it, you know, and if you're not the kind of person who's going to report it, then you probably shouldn't be in charge of safe schools, right? Uh, but Kevin Jennings is actually the most innocent. Kevin Jennings is the most innocent of, uh, of the three I mentioned. Um, you know, we got Benjamin Levine in Canada who, uh, spent a few months in prison, uh, for trading child porn. Uh, and this is, this is because, uh, the judge felt he was truly remorseful and wasn't apt to reoffend, despite the fact that he had admitted to, um, molesting his own daughters, right? Uh, then you got Gary Dowsett, who was involved in the, uh, safe schools program in Australia. And this is the guy who was saying, you know, oh, gay rights activism, you know, we need to spice it up. We need to get rid of the age of consent. You know, literally, uh, literally wanted to get rid of the age of consent, literally advocating for sex with children. And for some reason, Australia's like, hey, why don't we put him in charge of safe schools? So that's why, you know, in the book, I asked the question, safe schools, safe for who? For, for the pedophile administrators? Because that's that's what it looks like. It's pretty amazing. And uh, do you have anything to say? Well, we're kind of, we're at about 45 minutes. Do you have anything to say about the cuties controversy? Right. Oh, me. You know, um, I was finishing the book when all that cropped up. And, uh, you know, so, so I had to kind of uh, rush out an epilogue uh, about that whole thing. The big thing for me, when it comes to the whole cuties deal, uh, I hate the way and, uh, you know, oh, well, it's 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 right wingers and religious fundamentalists and Internet trolls uh, are the only people who are upset by this movie. No, dude, um, it's not like there are literal leftists and socialists and liberals who also don't like, like the idea of 11 year old girls in skin-tight, skimpy outfits, twerking and humping the ground and slapping each other's bottoms. That's, you know... Uh, here's another thing that kills me is when Netflix apologized not for uh, distributing the movie, but for uh, the uh, marketing materials, which they said 
were uh, taken out of context and didn't represent the movie. Dude, it's a still from the film. It's literally a still from the film. How can that not represent the movie? Are you pretending that that's not a still from the film? Because it is. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about Mamuna Ducure. I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong. I apologize if I am. Uh, I, I, I want to believe that this was in good faith, that she, that this was just a massive error in judgment, but it was a massive error in judgment. Oh, guys, no, this movie is against child sexualization. Okay, so I'm going to make an anti-animal abuse film. Has anybody got a dog I can whip to death? I'm going to videotape myself whipping this dog to death. That's exactly what's going on here. If you're against child sexualization, hey, maybe don't get 11-year-old girls to sexualize themselves on camera for the enjoyment of, you know, thousands, maybe millions of pedophiles uh, are watching that movie. And they're not watching it for the message. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see somebody mentioning um, child trafficking cults in Westchester. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about that specifically. Uh, I do have a chapter on, you know, UK institutional pedophilia in general and the grooming epidemic. Um, you know, uh, I really do believe, uh, I hate to say this, but. I think that there's been a current that goes all the way back, probably probably much further than Prince Albert and the Cleveland Street scandal, but at least from there to where we are today, where tens of thousands of, you know, underage girls are being, uh, you know, uh, kidnapped, hooked on, on drugs, and then prostituted. Uh, there's a lot of that going on. Um, and... Uh, you know, in, 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 in Britain's defense, in the defense of the UK, they seem to at least pay lip service to, you know, they've got the IICSA, the uh, Institutional Child Sexual Abuse uh, Investigation, blah, 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 blah. They're at, least, they're at least admitting that there's a problem and pretending to investigate it, if not really investigating it. Meanwhile, in America, it's like, We've got our heads in the sand. Right. Um, here's another question. I, I see people. somebody asking in the chat, by the way. Yeah. North Fox yeah, Island, yeah, Interlochen Arts Camp in Michigan. Are you familiar with North Fox Island Interlochen Arts Camp in Michigan? No, I'm not, actually. Okay. This is something I'll have to look up. Um, you know, as, as far as the art thing goes, I've heard a lot of creepy things about, um, you know, uh, there's a, there's like, as far as customs goes, uh, I do know this, like, you can ship certain things and you can say it's art, and then like, oh, well, this is very fragile, you cannot open this. Uh, and I do believe that the world of high art is involved in money laundering, and uh, possibly there's even, you know, child trafficking uh, connections there. Well, it's interesting you say that, Philip, because... During and I, I see somebody yeah. asking about Isaac Cappy. Yes, answer that question. You know, I, uh, I, I think I, you know, I, I'm not sure what I think about Isaac Cappy. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of wonder. You know, I don't know. Sort of like Corey Feldman. 
I definitely believe that both Corey Feldman and Isaac Cappy knew some things, but I also kind of fear, and I hope I'm wrong in, on both counts, I also kind of fear maybe there was some uh, blackmail over their head in some way, and I don't necessarily mean like involving kids, you know, uh, shoot, that's, you know how they got Assange, you know, like, uh, there was consensual sex, and then the girl claims that the condom came off, and in Sweden it's called rape, you know, there's all these little ways that they can put something and hang it over your head, so, uh, as to whether Isaac Cappy committed suicide or not, I don't know, I do, however, believe that, you know, from some of what I saw, I believe that he probably had some things hanging over his head. Uh, not necessarily, I'm not calling him a pedophile or uh, saying he was involved in that. But if he knew about that kind of thing, then they definitely would have been watching him. You know, uh, the, the, the folks, the folks who were watching, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if most of the people who are seriously looking into this kind of thing have, you know, have some dossier in, in, uh, you know, in some government office somewhere. Um, you know, honestly, I, I practically expect it, you know, if I do my job right, eventually, you know, like if, if you look online, you know, the CIA.gov, has a lot of documents that are books and things written by folks like Lyndon LaRouche. Lyndon LaRouche's Executive Intelligence Review. They subscribed to LaRouche and they photocopied all that stuff. Like, you know, I honestly, it's almost a goal of mine. I want one day uh, uh, for, you know, some CIA guy to be Xeroxing Pedogate Primer, <laughs> stapling it together and putting it in a folder, uh, you know, you know, you, you, you got to kind of expect uh, uh, that you're being watched. The the folks I work with, I know we've, we've been stalked by some journalists because, you know, uh, you know, we're involved in, you know, trying to promote free speech and everything. And sunlight's the best disinfectant. So free speech platforms are incredibly important what with all the social media censorship. Uh, I bet a lot of folks here uh, may be aware, but some may not, you know. Around the time I was finishing the books, the book, I noticed, like, uh, if you go to uh, Facebook, hashtag Pedogate used to bring up all these groups and posts, uh, hashtag save the children, hashtag save our children. Now, anything related to child trafficking has been uh, deemed by the powers that be, oh, that's a dangerous QAnon conspiracy that we must snuff out. Well, that's kind of scary to me. Just the idea that they can completely shut down all these groups and shut down these hashtags. And, you know, they're trying to prevent people from, you know, coordinating information, crowdsourcing intelligence. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, free speech uh, platforms are so important. Do you think it's a coincidence that BitChute went down, was deplatformed the day of the election? Because I don't. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. Philip, we are at uh, 55 minutes. I'd like to wrap this up. I def definitely recommend this book to the listeners. Where can people find you on social media and where can they purchase this book, Pedogate Primer, The Politics of Pedophilia? Well, right now, <clears throat> right now, uh, uh, I'm still finish, uh, finalizing the formatting. 
It should be available uh, uh, within the next week or so, hopefully within the next few days. Uh, and it'll be at uh, Amazon Kindle on demand. Uh, I've got a Lulu set up, uh, Kobo. I want to make sure that there's as many you know uh, uh, venues as possible for people who don't want to stuff Jeff Bezos's pocket, for instance. You know, uh, uh, I've all. Also got a website that I've started and pretty much nothing's there. Uh, but I will begin blogging there once, uh, 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 once the book comes out. And I've got a second book that's being edited right now, uh, called Deep State, Penetrating the Veils of the Unelected Shadow Government. That will hopefully be available in the next month or two. You can find me on Facebook. Just search Philip Fairbanks. Uh, I'm the one with the glasses wearing a, uh, a black face mask. I'm also on Twitter at Kafka Guy, uh, as in Franz Kafka, K-A-F-K-A-G-U-Y. So uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook there. Um, Kunstkrieg Kino Pick Studios is my YouTube. Nobody in the world can spell that. Kunstkrieg is German for art war, uh, kind of a, a a play on the idea that you know artists. And uh, are often recruited by the security state, uh, and uh, and that kind of thing. A little inside joke there, but yeah, if if you can uh, end up spelling that, it's Kunstkrieg on YouTube. That's me. And uh, so yeah, yeah. If you if you find me on Twitter uh, uh, in the next few days, Pedogate Primer should be available on multiple platforms. And uh, the Deep State book should be coming out in, I, I believe my editor said that it's about half, uh, they're about half done with the revisions. And so I'm not sure how long it'll take them to finish that and how long it'll take me to do the rewrites. But hopefully by the end of the year or first of 2021. Repeat the title of your second book again, please. Oh, I see somebody mentioned uh, Deep State Penetration. The Veils of the Unelected Shadow Government. And uh, okay. for folks uh, who listen to Ed Opperman, uh, you can search Ed Opperman, uh, Opperman Report, Philip Fairbanks, MKUltra, and you'll find uh, you'll find an interview I did with him where uh, I talk about that. I see somebody in the chat, by the way, mentioning uh, Lawfield and Love. Love that YouTube channel. Uh, really, really great, like, fought, like, companion to the McGowan work. Gotcha. So again, just to wrap up, the, the author's name is Philip Fairbanks, F-A-I-R-B-A-N-K-S. Title of the book again, highly recommended, is Pedogate Primer, The Politics of Pedophilia. Philip, thank you so much.